Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. All I heard God say when I was preparing for tonight's word was the the weight of maturity, and I couldn't understand what that meant. And how many of us sometimes when we don't understand something, there's a little bit of anxiety or a little of impatience or a little bit of like, especially those of us who are either book smart or common sense, when things don't just line up for us, we kind of have a little bit of a frustration. And so um, I, I began to not get um, frustrated. I began not to uh, be filled with anxiety, but I just kept pressing into God, what is it you have to say? And then even my prayer began to turn into, God, if you have nothing to say, I will be bold enough to go before your people and say, I have not heard anything yet. And as soon as my heart posture shifted into not having to be in a place of of a, a, a certain way before the people, God spoke and it was amazing. And he asked this question to me. He said, am I mature enough to wait on the Lord? Am I mature enough to wait on the Lord? And it reminded me that oftentimes we as believers, we we sort of have this expectation that when we think something is supposed to happen, that's when it's going to happen. I believed you for God. It's supposed to happen this way. You know, I'm trusting you with all my heart and I'm leaning to my understanding. But secretly, there's a part of us that's like, okay, God, when is this happening? Why is this not happening yet? And the Lord began to speak to me and say that part of uh, uh, part of a, a, a sign and a characteristic of maturity is your ability to wait to wait on God's voice, to wait on what God's instructions are, to wait on the Lord, period. That is a sign of maturity. And I said, okay, Lord, but what do I do with that? And then all of a sudden, he had me look up. He said, you know, I have plenty of examples in my word of people who waited that you can use to propel this forward. And so tonight, I pray that you all will be patient with me because we're going to do some reading. But first, I need everybody to write down. And if you're in the, the shop, maybe you say this out loud to yourself so that you hear it. But sorry, I didn't mean to call you all Miss Daphne, but anybody who's not able to write or anything, but I just see you standing there. <laughs> um, please write this down or say this out loud to yourself. Am I mature enough to wait on the Lord? Make it very personal, please. I'm going to give everybody a moment to write that down or say it out loud. Am I mature enough to wait on the Lord? Or you can even say, am I mature enough to wait on you, Lord? As we are going through Bible study tonight, I would encourage everyone as Holy Spirit is speaking, please write down or, or respond to that and answer that. It may be a yes. It may be a no. It may be a, but I want you to allow Holy Spirit to have that conversation with you as we're um going to the word tonight. So when I asked him about this and he revealed to me, um, he, he showed me five um, instances where someone in the word of God 
was mature enough to wait on the Lord. And so I'm going to go through those five. Some of them I will read passages in its entirety, and some I'll just encourage you to read on your own. So the first one I want to go to, and if there's anybody who wouldn't mind writing in the chat for me, Madala, if you're accessible, um, the first uh, passage we're going to read is Genesis 21. Genesis 21, 1 through 7. Genesis 21, 1 through 7. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version. Feel, feel free to open up your word and read from what your version says. But I have been blessed by the Amplified Version, and um, I hope you will be too. And it reads thus. The Lord graciously remembered and visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for her as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and gave birth to a son for Abraham in, which, in his old age. At the appointed time of which God had spoken to him, Abraham named his son Isaac, meaning laughter, the son to whom Sarah gave birth. So Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, just as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. Sarah said, God has made me laugh. All who hear about our good news will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have given birth to a son by him in his old age. That's Genesis 21, 1 through 7. Do you know it took 25 years for Abraham to conceive his heir? That he was in his hundreds. How many of us could have the maturity to believe God to wait 25 years for something as significant, as life-changing as an heir, a child? And not only a child um, and, and, and an heir to Abraham, but in old age. Abraham, because of the faith that he had, because of the uh, devotion and loyalty to God, he was mature enough to wait and believe God for what he said. God told Abraham that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. So if God told me that, hmm, I got to believe that. But how does one believe when you're getting older? How do you believe when everyone's looking at you like, your wife not gonna conceive, mm, that's not gonna happen. But can you imagine having the maturity to wait on what God's word said to you and believing it and watching it happen? And here we are talking about it thousands of years later. So I ask you, am I mature enough to wait on the Lord? The next instance in the word of God is in Genesis 40 and 41. This is a much longer passage, so bear with me, but I think it's important for us to understand the, the, um, the, uh, the context of this. For those of us who don't know about this, this is a very traditionally popular uh, part of the Old Testament because it talks about Joseph. Um, and I want to read all of chapter 40 and then parts of 41. And it says this, chapter 40, Genesis 40. Now, sometime later, the cupbearer 
and the baker for the king of Egypt offended their lord, Egypt's king. Pharaoh was extremely angry with his two officials, the chief of the cupbearers and the chief of the bakers. He put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard put Joseph in charge of them and he served them and they continued to be in custody for some time. Then the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison both dreamed a dream in the same night, each man with his own significant dream and each dream with its personal interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning and looked at them, he saw that they were sad and depressed. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in confinement with him in his master's house, why do you look so downhearted today? And they said to him, we have each dreamed distinct dreams and there is no one to interpret them. So Joseph said to them, do not, inter do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream, there was a grapevine in front of me and on the vine, were three branches. Then as soon as it budded, its blossoms burst open and its clusters produced ripe grapes in rapid succession. Now Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup. Then I placed the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches represent three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head, present you in public, and restore you to your position. And you will again put Pharaoh's cup into his hand, just as you did when you were his cupbearer. Y'all still with me? Okay. Only think of verse 14. Only think of me when it goes well with you. This is Joseph speaking. And please show me kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and getting me out of this house. Remember, Joseph was in um, captivity. For in fact, I was taken, stolen from the land of the Hebrews by force. And even here, I have done nothing for which they should put me in the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation of the dream was good, he said to Joseph, I also dreamed. And in my dream, there were three cake baskets on my head. And in the top basket, there was some of all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating these foods out of the basket on my head. Joseph answered, this is the interpretation of it. The three baskets represent three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and will hang you on a tree, and you will not so much as be given a burial, but the birds will eat your flesh. Eey. Now on the third day, which was the Pharaoh's birthday, he released the two men from prison and made a feast for all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker that has presented them in public among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his office and the cupbearer once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had interpreted the meaning of the dreams to them. Yet even after all that, the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Moving on to Genesis 41. Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. We're all, we, are, do we all see that? Two years have passed. Pharaoh was dreaming about standing by the Nile. Um, I'm going to jump down to verse, uh, verse seven. Then the thin ears swallowed the seven plump and full ears and Pharaoh awoke and it was a dream. So when morning came, his spirit was troubled and disturbed and he sent and called for all the magicians and all the wise men of Egypt. And Pharaoh told his dreams, but no one could interpret them to him. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh saying, I would mention my faults today. 
two years ago, Pharaoh was angry with his servants and he put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker. We dreamed a dream on the same night. He and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was with us in the prison, a young man, a Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him and he interpreted our dreams for us to each man according to the significance of his dream. And just as he interpreted the dreams for us, so it happened, I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. Then, verse 14, then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when Joseph shaved himself and changed his clothes and made himself presentable, he came to Pharaoh. Why did I read all that? I wanted to make sure we had the context for understanding that Joseph in the maturity of his waiting even after he had done, uh, uh, um, he had interpreted the chief cupbearer and the baker's dreams, he was still left in prison. And all he said was, will you please remember me when you go back to the Pharaoh's uh, uh, presence? That didn't happen in 30 days. That didn't happen the next day. That, that happened two years later. But what I love about Joseph is in his maturity and his waiting, he wasn't becoming bitter. He was just standing on the promises of God. And when he came out of it, if you read much further on, and as you read in Genesis, Joseph gets promoted. And Pharaoh makes him, if I'm not mistaken, I think, is it, is it um, the, third, the third highest ranking official in the land? Or second, is it two? Sorry, thank you. I was reading something else and I think I was, I think it was Daniel. So I look at that and I say, wow, God, here's a man who waited in prison. And in your time, you saw fit to promote him, but also um, give him a place and a position, oh God, that you could get glory from his circumstance. Let's go on to another one. I'm not gonna read the full scripture for this, but Job is another perfect example of waiting on the Lord and not just waiting on the Lord. Job waited on the Lord through affliction and pain and suffering and loss. And even when told to curse God and die, his faithfulness, his maturity in waiting, he knew what God would do for him. He knew what God had promised him. He knew he trusted who his father was, that he would never leave him nor forsake him that he had already proven himself mightily in his life. Why couldn't he wait on him? Another one. Let's go to Daniel 10. We were in Daniel last week when we talked about, um, when we talked about maturity as well. So in Daniel 10, I'm going to read this as well. And it says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel who was named Belteshazzar. And the message was true, and it referred to great conflict, warfare, misery. And he understood the message and had an understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for an entire three weeks. I ate no tasty food, nor did any meat or wine enter my mouth, and I did not anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was on the bank of great river Hedeco, which is Tigris, I raised my eyes and looked and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen whose loins were girded with a belt of pure gold of Euphaz. His body was like the barrel. His face had the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches, his arms and his feet 
like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words was like the noise of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision of this heavenly being, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. Nevertheless, a great man, a great panic overwhelmed them, so they ran away to hide themselves. So I was left alone, and I saw this great vision, yet no strength was left in me, for my normal appearance turned into a deathly pale, and I grew weak and faint. Then I heard the sound of his words. And when I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep with my face toward the ground. Then behold, a hand touched me and set me unsteadily on my hands and knees. So he said to me, oh, Daniel, you highly regarded and greatly beloved man, understand the words that I'm about to say to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. And while he was saying this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was standing in opposition to me for 21 days. I'm saying this to you all because sometimes we're going before God and we don't realize God has already heard us. But in our immaturity, we're not waiting on his word. We're not waiting for his return. We're not waiting for his touch. We're not waiting because we don't know what's happening. Do you hear what this word says? It says that the king of Persia was in opposition to the spirit. He literally, God says, but the prince of kingdom of Persia was standing in opposition to me for 21 days. That's how long Daniel was praying and fasting. And sometimes we think, well, why is this not happening yet? Why is this not coming through for me? Daniel, in his waiting and his fasting, he was like, I'm not going to lotion myself. I'm not going to eat the choice meats because he knew that his father was going to come through. In fact, his father had already shown him time and time and time again. He had been, they had been delivered even since the moment they were in captivity. Remember, I read that story. And so what happens when God has shown us time and time again his grace, his mercy, that he'll come through, that he will provide, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And we still can't wait. We're still questioning God's timing. We're still questioning if God will come through. We're still questioning in our immaturity, unable to accept and to sit with, be still and know that he is God. Unable to be appreciative of the fact that God, you are working something out on my behalf for my good. And those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not go weary. They will walk and not faint. Where is our belief in the God who's already promised that he will take care of us? Am I mature enough to wait on the Lord? And then this one, woo, my God, turn with me to Luke 3, 21, 20 through 23. And for those of us who know what Luke is about, my God, Luke 3, verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, the visible heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, my beloved, and you I am well pleased and delighted. 
Verse 23, when he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son by marriage of Eli. And then it, so it goes on to his lineage. I use this example because Jesus, our Lord and Savior, our big brother, as Minister Daphne says, Jesus himself waited before he began his public ministry 30 years. And then y'all know what he did in the last three. We're here because of it. 30 years. Y'all, we mad when we don't get something in a day or something don't show up in 30 days or we come sometimes is mad when the, the food's not ready um, after sitting at the table for 25 minutes at a restaurant. Our Lord and Savior waited 30 years when God was ready for him to begin and for him to say, you are my son, my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus was not rushing into anything. There was a preparation. John the Baptist had to prepare the way for him. So many times we're so caught up in our own individual wants and desires and why this and I want it now. And we are like children and we have not put away childish things. And so our mentality and how we think about life and everything that we do at work or friendships or relationships, we just have, we have no patience and we don't, we don't want to wait on anything. But clearly God is saying through Abraham, through Joseph, through Job, through Daniel, through Jesus, wait, it's a sign of maturity. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Thank you for joining us for another episode of the KHOW podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.